If you'd like a graphic to go with the forecast this morning, sometimes that helps out. And you've got a phone or a computer around you somewhere, go to wortfm.org forward slash weather. And in the featured graphics up at the top of the page there, below the recordings of these forecasts, you'll see uh, something that says infrared visible satellite image of the U.S., which goes back and forth between infrared and visible. So you can see day and night what's been going on, both in the upper winds and down closer to the Earth's surface uh, across the U.S. over the past three days or so. It was plenty dreary and dark this past weekend, except, uh, as Dan mentioned, for just a few breaks for some blue sky on Saturday morning when we had the body of the jet stream passing overhead here for a while, still following Friday night's cold frontal passage. Uh, After that early day period of uh, downwelling from above, the incoming colder air then deepened through the lowest mile or two of the air column, and cumulus and stratocumulus started filling back in again overhead. And even though those clouds remained just 1,000 or 2,000 feet thick for the rest of the weekend, with the sun's angle of incidence so low this time of year, the sun only gets about 24 degrees above the horizon at midday in early December. The sky canopy remained mind-numbingly dim the rest of Saturday and Sunday and into this morning. We are finally getting some breaking in the deck this morning if you look outside. So those of you who are light-starved, at least, will be getting some relief. Those of you who are snow-starved, on the other hand, I'm afraid are going to have to steal yourselves for uh, at least a little more deprivation. Both the 8- to 14-day forecast from the Climate Prediction Center, as well as the longer 3- and 4-week forward time forecasts, show the upper Midwest in classic El Nino wintertime form, I'm afraid, warm and dry on average, apparently, as the Climate Prediction Center would have it right out into January. And there's certainly nothing to contradict that in the nearer term, at least for the coming week or 10 days, given how the forecast maps are looking this morning. I'll observe that despite the downturn in our temperatures over this past weekend, we've still yet to achieve a single below normal temperature day in December. So it's actually not out of the realm of possibilities that every day this month might turn up above normal, which is not something that happens very often. Uh, Indeed, I had a look back, and the last time this occurred was back in January of 2006, so it's been almost 20 years. Have a look at that uh, infrared visible image of the continent that I was mentioning, and you'll see the couple of systems that came by us this past weekend. The first up to our northwest right at the start of the loop there, that's back on Friday morning, spinning over Lake Winnipeg at that time and bathing Wisconsin, therefore, and southerly winds out ahead of it. And then the follow-on circulation, which kind of lifts northeastward right up over us in the southerly airflow during the ensuing overnight period. And after that passes, it sends its cold front sliding off to the east, where you can see it generating a line of thunderstorms then as it passes through the Ohio Valley during Saturday and Saturday night. Although you can't see any indication of it there, a fairly destructive tornado did develop with those thunderstorms down across southern Kentucky. And as it happened, it was two years to the day and roughly in the same place as that remarkable tornado outbreak that you might remember that destroyed Mayfield, Kentucky, among another a number of other towns two years ago in 2021. You might remember there was a one particular spin-up that traveled 167 miles during that outbreak over two hours and 10 minutes, reaching EF4 intensity a number of times, so that got quite a bit of press. billion worth of damage as well with that storm. 
Anyways, you can see if you're looking at the satellite graphic, uh, by the end of the sequence there, we've got basically what's an upper pattern across the continent that reads as a ridge trough ridge from west to east across the country. The western ridge is not particularly robust. It covers perhaps the southwestern quarter of the U.S., if that. And the trough that's across the midsection of the country runs from about Montana down through the Gulf of Mexico and back up to western New England, so most of the country in cooler air. And that's going to get a refresher of colder air as well from Canada once the curtain of cloud cover that's currently stretching from about eastern Montana over through central Ontario slides southeastward through here, uh, accompanying a cold front which will make tomorrow windier and slightly chillier than today, though I'm not sure even then we'll be quite technically below normal for tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, It'll probably be our best shot anyway at a below normal temperature day, at least for a while. The uh, large surface high-pressure cell that will be delivering the cold air tomorrow on its northerly lead-side gradient is going to traverse the plains and lower Midwest, just to our south and west, slowly over the coming couple of days, uh, once again intervening between us and the Gulf of Mexico, while upper ridging rebuilds across first the west coast of the continent and then pushes eastward actually up through Canada, And that will, if anything, only reinforce the surface high that's sitting to its south over us by steering the stronger upper winds of the jet stream even further away up into Canada. And it'll also bring a renewed push of warmth in here from the west on Thursday and Friday, so both warm and dry. The cold air up in Canada, which will have got bumped northward by the passage of that upper ridge, is going to surge back south as we approach the weekend. But the continuing strong zonality in the upper winds, which we've been seeing for weeks now across the continent, is going to kind of shear off a lot of that southbound colder air off to the east before it can push very far into the U.S. So I think we're likely to get just a brief frontal passage, this will be later Friday, with veering winds and colder air coming in early in the weekend before yet one more round of passing waves backs the wind southwest again and warms us later Saturday or at least that's the way the uh, forecast modeling is uh, looking at the moment, although these fast-moving, low-amplitude waves are difficult to capture accurately, especially as you get further out in the forecast window. In any case, though, with the primary energy of the polar jet still mostly directed across Canada and a tendency for the southern or subtropical branch of the jet to set up across the Gulf of Mexico region over the past few weeks, we're going to be left high and dry in between going forward, slotted in basically just in the right position to see uh, Pacific or mixed Pacific and Canadian air masses getting directed over the mountains towards us which usually means they've been both warmed and dried by additional chinooking over the plains as they come towards us. So with kind of grim news as far as snow is concerned, here's the forecast for the coming days. Today, this low overcast, thin as it is, is going to be continuing to break from south to north the way it's appearing on a visible satellite at the moment. Southwesterly low-level winds are uh, Going at it pretty good down in Green and Lafayette counties where it's breaking up a little more, and I think that'll slowly continue to expand northward towards Madison as we get out into the midday hours. Temperatures will rise a little better once the clearing ensues, but otherwise I think we'll creep upward uh, through the 20s and into the low 30s by uh, early or mid-afternoon on what'll be uh, increasing southwesterly winds coming up to about 4 to 8 miles per hour. High and mid-level clouds will uh, then increase ahead of the approaching cold front as we go overnight. 
And those clouds, along with uh, west and northwest winds, which will be coming up, especially behind the cold front, to about 10 or 15 miles per hour, will keep the low temperatures falling too much below the upper 20s. Tomorrow, uh, mostly clear skies will help with diurnal temperature recovery, but cold northwesterly winds up at 10 to 17 miles per hour will restrain the thermometer going uh, too much north of freezing during the day. Temperatures will drop then towards about 20 in the overnight, still hold up a little bit by uh, lighter westerly winds at about 4 to 8 miles per hour. Then Wednesday will be mostly sunny and uh, slightly warmer with backing southwesterly winds not terribly strong, maybe up to 5 to 10 miles per hour later in the day. That'll take temperatures to the mid-30s, possibly the upper 30s. Uh, Lighter southwesterly winds will hold temperatures in the mid to upper 20s in the overnight into Thursday. And Thursday will be a bit warmer with southwesterly winds coming up a bit more, up to, say, 8 to 12 miles per hour. That'll help mix down the warmer temperatures that'll come in aloft over us, helping reach the surface temperature up to 40 or so, possibly a a degree or two warmer than that. We'll hang in the low 30s then overnight on uh, sustained southwesterly winds, and we should be back towards about 40 or probably actually the low 40s on Friday before a cold front then veers our winds west and northwest, probably sometime during that overnight and into Saturday. There may be an outside chance of precipitation with that temperature transition, and possibly in the form of a little bit of snow, but anyway, I'll have a better idea about that and what may lie ahead uh, additionally over the weekend on the Wednesday evening news forecast this coming Wednesday between 6 and 7 p.m., so do tune in for that if you can.